Welcome to this week's podcast and our series supporting retail professionals during the COVID pandemic. This is Jack Trelease and I'm managing editor of LP Magazine. This podcast features three members of the asset protection team at Advance Auto Parts discussing how they had to manage losses and good customer service as an essential retailer during the COVID pandemic. At the same time, they managed to implement a brand new exception reporting system that gave them quick wins that helped them respond to changing customer behaviors. As always, please review us on your favorite podcast platform and send us your feedback and suggestions to podcast at lpportal.com. That's podcast at lppportal.com. We are LP Magazine, and since 2001, we've been the leader in providing content and education for the loss prevention and asset protection industry, and we are known as the voice and authority of the LP community. Each episode, we'll be sharing and discussing the latest in trends and current issues related to all things retail and profit protection. You're listening to the LPM Podcast. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's webinar on Retooling During a Pandemic with the Advanced Auto Parts team, sponsored by Appris Retail. My name is Jack Britton. I'm the Editorial Director at LP Magazine, and I'll be your moderator today. The Advanced Auto Parts Asset Protection team selected a new exception reporting solution earlier this year. They were preparing to implement implement the technology when COVID-19 hit and changed the retail landscape. As an essential retailer, they stayed open during the crisis and worked to deploy this new solution at the same time. Today, we'll hear from the Advanced Auto Parts AP team what they needed to do to support consumers and store associates as the situation unfolded, how these virus-related business changes are impacting their long-term operations, and how they still managed to pull off a new exception reporting implementation and get back to some quick wins. Before we begin, well, let's uh, review a few quick housekeeping notes. If you'd like to review the webinar again, an archived version will be available in the next few days and can be accessed using the same link that was sent to you earlier. Others in your organization can also register and access the archive webcast by accessing the webinar at lossprevention.media.com. We'll try to answer as many questions as possible at the end of the presentation, and we encourage your questions. So with that, let me turn the webcast over to Corey Adams, Vice President of Client Services for Appris Retail, to introduce the team at Advanced Auto Parts. Corey. Hi, thank you, Jack. Um, welcome, everyone. Thank you for joining our webinar. And uh, Jack, thank you to LP Magazine for sponsoring this as well. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, before I uh, introduce our presenters for the day, the uh, Advanced Auto Parts team, I just want to mention everyone if you haven't seen it yet, but uh, National Retail Federation did release Dr. Hollinger's report today showing the, the increase in the 29, uh, 2019 shrink results. Uh, so if you haven't seen that yet, uh, you can go to the NRF website and download that. So to get started, um, our, our presenters today, we have Mark Petrush. Mark is the Vice President of Asset Protection and has been with Advanced Auto Parts for 14 years. We also have Dale Foster, who is the Director of Asset Protection. Uh, his tenure at Advanced Auto is 25 years. And we also have Matt Irwin, who is a Regional Asset Protection Manager and uh, joined Advanced Auto in 2018. So for our webinar today, uh, you can see we have uh, several topics up for the agenda. Uh, we're going to have an advanced auto parts overview. 
and we are going to cover why uh, why they selected Appers Retail Secure Store, how Advanced Auto responded during the COVID crisis, how the Secure Store deployment was managed in the middle of the COVID crisis, and the quick wins that they've had from Secure Store. And with that, I'll pass it over to Mark Petrush. Awesome. Hey, thanks, Corey, and, and good afternoon, everyone. Really appreciate the opportunity to be able to share this effort with you today. Uh, this implementation, uh, I guess, in my opinion, was really a great example of dynamic leadership, both from the Advanced Auto Parts Project team, but afterwards as well. You know, nearly every aspect of the plan that we originally laid out ultimately ended up getting changed, and then uh, absolutely stuck the landing. So really excited again to, to share this with you. I'll be pretty brief on a, a background introduction and then turn it over to Dale and Matt to really get into the, to the meat of it. So you know, you'll see some stats here on advanced auto parts. Um, yeah, obviously we have a, a pretty big footprint throughout the U.S. under our advanced car quest and world pack banners serving DIY and, and the pro customer base. Probably most exciting bullet point on here, though, is, is our recent acquisition of the, the Die Hard brand and our recent launch of Die Hard batteries over the 4th of July weekend. You know, as an organization, we've got a lot of excitement around the brand and, and really, uh, really amped up some energy for the team in light of the pandemic. So with that, uh, we'll move to the topic at hand, Secure Store. When I look at really why we why we select Apple's Retail Secure Store, it it took me back to a time in probably late 2017 when we made the decision actually to upgrade our prior EBR tool. So we had a difficult implementation that lasted well over a year and, and ultimately landed us a tool that, that just didn't satisfy our, our needs from a user interface or from a, a customer service standpoint. So around the same time, you know, in parallel, we we're really starting to hit our strides with Verify, uh, the return verification tool uh, that was integrated at our, at our point of sale that APRA has provided and, and really starting to build that tool out and enhancing the model, uh, leveraging it to do other things that truthfully we couldn't get our internal IT teams to prioritize. So not only the, the tool that we were sold, but actually going above and beyond to understand our business, really brainstorm with us some possible solutions. And really as, as a business partner, Appers just consistently demonstrated you know, what it means to, to really be highly engaged and to help us solve our problems. So, you know, as we're really seeing the, the fruits of the labor with that partnership, we're seeing our EBR really just not get up to standards. And, you know, with that, after about a year of, of rolling it out of its implementation, we realized that it just wasn't going to be on our roadmap going forward. Uh, so in the time, since we had initially rolled that app, we stepped into the EBR space as well as bringing on LP software, which we've been a, a customer of for, for years, both the LPMS and CAM. So knowing the, the service levels that we were getting with Appris and, and really just having that strong partnership, the only piece left was to vet out the tool itself. And, you know, from a user interface standpoint, right out of the gate, really fell in love with, with the tool itself. And, you know, after vetting a couple other pieces uh, from other solutions, we really landed on this and, and it was a no-brainer for us to, to continue to move forward. So that's really how we came to, to select Acris, you know, the tool itself, but also the underlying partnership and, and knowledge that we're going to get the customer service needed as we move forward over, over the course of time. 
So then the tricky part came and we had to deploy this during a pandemic. So just a little bit about you know, advance through the through the pandemic and then I'll turn it over to, to Dale to take the next piece. But we were deemed, as mentioned earlier, an, an essential business with which really brought its own set of challenges and, and really tra- quickly transforming or, or transitioning to a new way of, of business with all the new safety protocols. But from the very beginning, we were set out with three objectives. And that was really to protect our people, protect our customers, really protect the bottom line, but also come out better on the other side. So how did we achieve those objectives was really what you see here on the screen around care and speed, uh, focused on providing the team members and our customers a safe place to work and shop and quickly adapting to the new set of rules of engagement. So in the time since the pandemic really hit us, we've, we've offered, as many others have, right, probably on this slide, same day delivery, curbside pickup, a new mobile app, many other things just like secure store so really couldn't be more proud of the company and the team being able to continue to to move the business forward but also serve the serve the team members and and serve the customers so uh, a special call out to our asset protection team as with many others balancing covid the unrest and then just the day-to-day business that that we deal with uh, on an everyday uh timeline so Last point that I, I wanted to make before I hand it over, you know, while our frontline team members were out serving the customers in, in this evolving environment, our support teams were also really trying to adapt. So you know, a lot of heavy travel restrictions from the support group, you know, keeping people limited to, to within their surrounding areas, but then also our corporate office working from home. So we're very conscious to stay close and connected with the teams which meant daily calls, touch bases, uh, but also finding new ways for our team to contribute and add value. So when you think about being displaced from your your typical work environment and space, your job changes, and and really just knowing that we needed to ensure that those team members were adding value and and a a sense of self-worth. So focusing on stretch assignments and really specifically leveraging our field teams yeah, and Matt Irwin's a great example on the call. And I think we have a better end product to show, having engaged more of the team. Uh, so this, the pandemic somewhat allowed us to to reach further and grab more voices as we rolled something like this out. But you know, just just something that we really had a, a key focus on was ensuring that, that the team felt as though they were adding value in light of all the changes in, in chaos that was going on. So, with that, I'm going to turn it over to Dale Foster, leads our asset protection programming and the secure store implementation. So, Dale, I'll, I'll turn it over to you for your outline. Awesome. Thanks, Mark, and, and good afternoon, everyone. So, as Mark mentioned, Advance rapidly responded to the pandemic, and, and there was suddenly a huge shift in focus for a lot of teams in our organization. So, we needed to really make sure that we were set up for success if we were going to move forward with our secure store timeline. In about mid-March, when the crisis really started to ramp up, we were right in the middle of our project plan and were scheduled to deploy at the end of April, early May. And we already had arrangements for an on-site user acceptance testing at the end of March. At that time, we hadn't been told of any travel restrictions, but we knew that 
the decision would be coming just based on what we were hearing. So we quickly pulled the team together to discuss that UAT. And we knew that any delay would have huge implications on our ability to get Secure Store up and running. We had to evaluate what the remainder of the project plan would look like since we did in fact restrict travel. And there was obvious concern about the focus and capacity of our field asset protection team during this time, as, as Martin mentioned, our stores did remain open. Additionally, as corporate prioritization decisions were being made um, due to the crisis, there was concern on the focus of our internal business partners who would need to continue to support the deployment plan. Our IT group had some major milestones. Um, the work that was needed to get all of our transaction level data fully mapped required a large group across our IT organization in order to answer the questions that, that we were getting from APRIS. And then there was a separate work stream to, to test the daily transfer. But our biggest concern of the COVID impact was how we would do all of this in a virtual environment especially considering the, ro the robust change management process that we wanted and how much collaboration would be needed to deploy across our field asset protection team. We were so used to doing trainings on site or in a classroom setting that we, we didn't want the entire project to fail because we couldn't get the team fully adopted on the tool. The good news is that we were well prepared for the journey. And, and APRIS, who had been Phenomenal partners from the start, but was fully on board with the virtual approach. Um, back in late 2019, and really before we started any discussions, we, we brought together a small team of asset protection corporate and field members to serve on what we called a super user team. The corporate asset protection members would, would help drive the timeline and project requirements, but the field team, which included Matt Irwin, um, who is on the call, and two of our regional asset protection specialists, was critical in developing what the day-to-day -day and the week-to-week -week process would look like within Secure Store to identify cases and conduct investigations. This super user team would step through the entire project plan which included the initial demo sessions. Uh, we had weekly project team calls. We had an on-site POS audit and numerous data mapping discussions. Uh, we spent a month in strategy sessions, developing various case searches and alert items. And finally, the team would complete the, the user acceptance testing and the formal training. This team was invaluable to our decision to move forward in light of the crisis and the obstacles that we had identified. And, and I firmly believe that if we had not put this super user team together, we would have paused the project when the crisis really started to have an impact. We received overwhelming support from our IT partners who really stepped up to continue the plan and meet those necessary milestones. And as we moved into the deployment phase of the project, the APRIS team continued to exceed expectations. I remember several of our weekly project project team calls where APRIS had 15 to 20 people on the call just to ensure that everyone who touched the project could provide an update. Again, it was just another example of their engagement through the process. And, and so as we decided to stick to our deployment plan and rely completely on a virtual environment, immediately our focus turned to 
how we would train the 35 to 40 team members across our network and ensure that we continue to effectively support our stores. And I think what we were most amazed by through the process was just how effective our training plan was, given that we did it all virtually. We were fortunate to have the opportunity to conduct our user acceptance testing virtually. So we had a lot of confidence as we prepared for the formal training. And looking back, the fact that travel had been restricted allowed us to put the necessary focus and energy on the change management plan. We also had an incredible support from our divisional field asset protection directors, Alicia Taylor and Nelson Stafford. Their leadership and guidance during the execution of our training plan was so critical as we developed the the structure and format. And so as far as the the structure goes, we, we divided the formal training into four separate virtual sessions over two weeks to ensure that the sessions were smaller in size to encourage participation and better manage questions. Each session included a morning and afternoon class with time in between to allow the user to to spend time by themselves in the system and immediately use what they had been trained on in the morning. We also added a lunch and learn session, which was not necessarily required, but was more informal and allowed the user to ask questions and watch one of our super users interact with the tool. What we found out was that the virtual training was highly effective and allowed us to make adjustments along the way to enhance and improve. The other huge benefit was having the ability to share each other's screen throughout the process and see just firsthand what the user was doing or had issues with. Again, the travel restriction actually allowed the broader team that focus time, even though there was flexibility during the training to support their stores and field operators if if anything was needed. So Matt Irwin, um, who is one of our regional asset protection managers, he was also one of our super users and did a fantastic job facilitating our training sessions. And I would like for Matt to provide some additional feedback on the training process and take us through the remainder of the presentation. And Corey, we'll, yeah, perfect. So Matt? All right. Thanks, Dale. I appreciate it. So, you know, from a a field perspective, um, as stated earlier, the stores did remain open. And our first priority was making sure that we supported our operation partners and store teams while we were implementing uh, the training for the secure store program. So um, just a little background, our, our AP field team consists of regional asset protection managers, and asset protection specialists in each region. Some of the regions have uh, two or three specialists, while others only have one. Um, the, in, the initial training plan was, was set up over a two-week time period, uh, with the specialist training being in the first week and the APMs being in the second week. So the thought process there was uh, to train the specialists first, since they're our main investigators. Uh, but by doing this uh, this way over this time period, Uh, it did allow us to have proper coverage for the regions during the training. Uh, One of the critical things that that to the whole process and making sure that we were able to support everyone was that in the weeks leading up to the training, uh, we discussed with our operations partners, the reason for the change. 
both the benefits for the the ops team and AP team, along uh, along with the importance uh, of the changeover. So um, we did provide them with our training schedules um, and their point of contact during the training. Um, during our weekly conference calls, our regional calls, uh, we would talk up, sort of talking up uh, the program, sort of talking up the benefits, and really reminding them of when those trainings would be um, so that they would be prepared for that when it came. Um, we, uh, we also um, had both the specialist and the APM set up out of office reminders um, that allowed um, if somebody tried to contact during the training sessions, it also pointed them to either the APM or the specialist who would be assisting them during that time frame. So again, all of this was done so that we can make sure that our, our ops partners and our store teams had the, the asset protection support that they needed during the pandemic. Earlier, Dale mentioned the learn and learn and the split training sessions. Um, that approach not only provided a great opportunity for learning, but it also gave, gave them some time to return emails and phone calls uh, midday without really taking away from the focus uh, during the meat of the actual training. Um, after our initial training sessions, con- uh, continued training became the focus. So everyone learns in a different way. And while we felt like the initial training sessions provided a, a great visual demonstration and it allowed open conversation, um, we also understood that the different team members learn at different speeds. So with that in mind, we, we did set up additional training sessions with our field users and members of the super user group team. Um, for that, we did, again, use Microsoft Teams um, so that we could share our screens and information with each other. Uh, the Teams format seemed to work really well for us as it allowed our our super users and field teams an easy way to collaborate with each other uh, and for a better understanding of what the questions were, what they were seeing. It did allow for the super user to take control of the screen, show them uh, some of the um, things that they, they, the obstacles they may have or a better way of actually utilizing the system. Obviously not everybody needed the individual training session. So we did allow that the, the field users an opportunity to sign up for those training uh, as they felt necessary. Um, we did set up uh, blocks of training times in teams where the super users would sign in and allow anyone to join for training or ask questions as needed. Uh, we think, you know, I could tell you the feedback I got from the feed team was that they really liked that approach because it allowed them the ability to be flexible with their own schedules. They could uh, hop in if they had a quick question. They were set up um, throughout the week and had many different opportunities to do that. They if they got in there and they saw that somebody else was going through something they already knew, they could, they could hop back out and kind of jump back in when they wanted. So um, that, that training uh, uh, did provide uh, to be very useful. So uh, the last thing we did is we partnered with the Appers Retail team to record training sessions. So uh, we made various how-to sessions uh, that were recorded and shared with the, uh, with the team. Uh, those were more of, of kind of a refresher or, hey, I forgot to do this. Um, need to go back and look at it. And maybe it's late at night. I don't want to call somebody up. Um, we also found these videos. So we've got some, some new team members that are, that are joining the department or some people who couldn't be involved in the initial training. Those videos are very helpful when we bring on new team members um, onto our AP team. So um, those videos uh, are, are very useful. And uh, APRIS Retail did a great job of uh, 
working with us to put those videos together. So as we move into the next slide, we're going to look at uh, some of the quick wins. I uh, really want to talk first about uh, how we operated investigations before secure stores. So um, in looking at this, we looked at three main factors that were impacting uh, of our uh, operating income, which was time, travel, and case value. And at the, at the current time, before we started using SECURE, we were really juggling three different systems for our reports. Um, all three of those systems were a manual process, requiring different logins, different systems. Um, what we found by doing this is it was, uh, we were typically not catching the internal theft cases until they were either large in scope or often a, a larger case value, which resulted in us having to do more travel. Um, uh, the, the case values were typically larger in value, so we had a, a lot of loss up front. Uh, and just to, to give you an example of what that looked like, we, we had our previous EBR tool, uh, honestly an internal DOS-based system that we were using, uh, our, our back office POS application, and then obviously the, the, the physical copies from the store locations that we would have to manage either while we were there or we'd have to go to the stores to get those. Um, on to the next slide. So when we take a look at what, what did the, the, the impact uh, of our operating income with SECURE look like? And early on, you can see some quick wins with the time travel and case value. Um, we moved from using multiple systems to, that, that were all a manual process to more of what we like to call on one-stop shop with SECURE store. So it, it has the ability to pull information from all of those systems into one location that we could find them all very easily. And obviously we're, we're still pretty early on into that. We continue to add new things all of the time, um, but it's really made things a lot easier for us. Another really neat thing uh, that it provided was what they call work items. So it actually, we have the ability to set up different things that are indicators of uh, theft or uh, a training opportunity. And these set, set up as work items that are actually pushed out uh, to the team to investigate so that we can take a look at and determine whether it's a training issue that we need to address or whether it's, a, you know, a, uh, an internal theft case that we need to investigate. Um, what this did was it made the, the, the case in scope a little bit smaller, making the phone interviews a lot easier. Um, case values have dropped significantly in, uh, as, as secure stores finding them uh, in real time. So we're, we're not only seeing a drop in the, the scope and the dollar amount, but um, it's catching these things so fast. It's, it's really providing us a, an opportunity to figure out where we need to train the teams and take some of those opportunities away and better train the store team so that we can keep uh, honest employees honest. With that, what I'll tell you is this, looking back on this whole thing, you know, I, I've been in, in asset protection, loss prevention uh, over 13 years, um, been, a, been a part of many uh, different project rollouts, whether it be with an exception based uh, uh, tool or, or something else. Most, if not all of those training sessions were in person. So when I first heard that we may have to roll this uh, out um, in a virtual setting, I thought there's no way this can work, especially with a team this size. Um, but 
But again, looking back at it with all of the preparation that was put into it, the follow-up that was added, the individual training that we, we provided, I really think that this approach worked much better in many ways than had we done it in person. I think it really, uh, fo- uh, really made us focus on uh, scrutinizing every aspect of the rollout. So very, very impressed with, um, and, and the feedback that we've gotten from our team has been uh, phenomenal on um, not only the, the training, but the partnership that we have with the Appers retail team and continued partnership uh, as we move forward. So with that, I will turn it back over to you, Jack. Thanks, Matt. Um, I'd also like to thank Mark, Dale, and Corey. And before we begin the Q&A, I want to remind you that this webinar will be available on demand for the next 90 days. You will be getting an email reminder with a link to the presentation. There will also be a link on the webinar page of the magazine website at losspreventionmedia.com. Now, our first question is, how did you get the selection process completed so fast? So I'll, I'll take this one and, and Mark and Matt can, can jump in. Um, so we were already impressed with Appers' engagement through um, several tools that, as Mark mentioned, that we were already partnering um, with them on. So, you know, verify the return authorization um, capability and then LPMS, which was the, the case management. So we really understood their level of engagement. And so as we started to consider a new exception-based reporting tool, um, you know, they were kind of our first go-to um, to look at Secure Store. And keep in mind, we already had data integrated with um, APRIS through Verify. So we knew that the implementation would, would be streamlined because they already had so much of our data anyway, and they understood it. So, you know, that, that, was, a, that was a big factor in, in our decision initially. And um, so really, the, it was a quick decision once we saw the demo. And, you know, the one key thing that, that APRIS did provide when they showed us the demo was a roadmap of where they were taking secure store. So, you know, talking through the integration of LPMS and um, CCTV, I mean, they were just, there were other considerations that were coming and, and we knew that that was going to be valuable for our, you know, long-term relationship with them. How did the virtual deployment get created? So the, um, the virtual deployment um, was really an offset of the user acceptance testing. As I mentioned, we, we made the decision, you know, soon after COVID um, started to have an impact um, that we needed to have a virtual user acceptance testing. So that for us was going to be the, the key, I guess, you know, visibility to how this was all going to work. And so we spent a week, um, I, I believe three and a half days in user acceptance testing, and we did it all virtually. Uh, we did it through Microsoft Teams, and we found that Microsoft Teams provided a very clear communication and ease of sharing of uh, the different screens. And so when we came out of the user acceptance testing and we did that virtually, I mean, we, again, we had a ton of confidence then going into 
the deployment phase and looking at the, the training plan. And, and keep in mind, you know, with the travel restrictions that, that were announced right at the time that we started that user acceptance testing, we were able to include um, a number of our asset protection leaders in the process and in the decision making because we knew that they would they would be able to attend all of the virtual sessions. So, um, again, it was a full team effort across our asset protection team. Um, to really develop that that virtual deployment. How else did the pandemic impact the deployment of this new tool? It's a good question. Um, so we already mentioned the the travel restrictions and you know, how we found benefit in that, as well as you know the, the virtual environment. But you know, I really think that. Um, probably one of the key pieces that we really didn't communicate was just around the ability of our super user team to be able to meet. And I'll be honest with you, I think we met almost on a daily basis um, there for about two months as we had to make decisions around uh, the data mapping process. Um, we were making decisions around work items and alerts and, and quick searches. Um, so, I, I again, I don't think that we would have been able to deploy Secure Store the way we did in such an effective way um, had we not had those travel restrictions and our super user team just having the um, – just having the availability and the focus to work through the process. And I don't know if Mark or Matt want to jump in on this one. No, I, I think you think you nailed it down. Just, you know, the, the benefit of, of being able to leverage the sales team and those users who would be in it day and day and, and have them on the front end as opposed to kind of leading it and then getting their input on occasion. Uh, I think we ended up with a much better product product early earlier than we would have had we been operating normal business and you know doing store visits and all those things that would be occupying the, the time normally yeah i think this one kind of leads into that um did you have an internal communication plan with the stores in the lead up to the launch and how many training hours approximately did you need for your super users So from a from a training from a communication standpoint, um, we did not launch it in advance. We then communicated it through a, a cascade, uh, basically through our field leadership levels down um, in one of our our weekly management meetings. So we put it out there in, in that regard, and then relied on our our field AP team to, to kind of reiterate that message and let them know the types of things that we're, we're now looking at and the capabilities that we have. Uh, in terms of, you know, the, the approximate hours for super users, I'll have to defer to Dale and Matt on that one. So as far as the training um, for our super users, um, again, we had the um, opportunity to, to take our super users through the user acceptance testing. So, you know, that for them was um, a huge training opportunity in and of itself. You know, we kind of used it for, for both testing and training. Um, but I would say that the team felt 
um, pretty good um, using the tool after coming out of that user acceptance testing, which, um, you know, again, it was three days, um, you know, that we were doing that. And, and I think that they came out of there with a good, a good comfort level being in the tool, understanding the navigation, the functionality. Um, but again, I'll lean on, on Matt as being one of the super users to, to see how he felt. Yeah. So I, I would agree with you, Dale, you know, the three days during the UAT process, um, is where most of the training happened. And, and you know, APRIS actually provided, um, some great training and we built great partnerships during that. And I can even remember, you know, uh, there being times that the members of the super user group would be able to, after hours, we would finish at five or six o'clock and they'd have dinner and then they'd log back in and start messing around. And then the emails would start going and our partners uh, over at APRIS would respond and answer those questions and, and, and give us screenshots. And then we would even be able to bring that into to the next morning and whatnot. So I would, I would say, honestly, after in that first week um, of, of learning to, to be real comfortable, the super users probably spent a good 30 to 35 hours in the system. Uh, and that included the UAT portion um, as well. So I would say a total of 30 hours is what it took. Hey, do you have your video system interface to APRIS? We do not. Not at this time. Uh, what would you change? Now that you've gone through this process, what do you think you would change, if anything? So as, as Matt mentioned, you know, we did those training videos. Um, we, we did those after the fact. I think looking back, um, it would have helped our... I think just the, the training sessions over those two weeks to have those available uh, when we started. Um, so again, I think having those training videos done before we actually had the formal sessions. And then, you know, what we've been talking about and what we're actually working through now is, um, you know, we're talking to Appers about the integration of, of LPMS now into Secure Store. And I think once, you know, we started the training and our, our field asset protection teams, you know, saw that there was there was that potential. Um, you know, we, we definitely could have streamlined the entire process had we done that integration before we launched. Now, we didn't really have that luxury just because of the timeline we were on and how fast we wanted to deploy Secure Store. But I think as I, you know, just looking and how we could have streamlined the process, you know, for the field team anymore. Um, I think having LPMS integrated before we launched would have been would have been great. Did you look at any other EBR solutions, and why did you pick the one that you did? We did. We we looked at obviously we had some experience with with our previous vendor. We looked at a couple others and. You know, while, while there were benefits to those, um, just the the connection that we already had again, again that that experience that we already had with secure with the secure team and Apparis, um really gave us the confidence to move forward. Plus, the, the user interface for for our team it it made more sense and, and it just it fit 
the need that we were looking for, which was something that, that really led the patients kind of to, to us as opposed to us having to go through and come through. Yeah, I'd be happy to give more detail offline, but that, that was really one of the things. Those were really the things that, that went into our decision making there. Well, while we're there, Mark, um, what are you looking for in a solution provider? When you're looking to to determine um, what's going to work best for you, how do you make that decision? So first and foremost, it, it's really transparency and, and urgency. So, you know, when we have an issue, we want to make sure that, you know, that the urgency around that issue is, is felt with our partner as well and somebody who is going to to really be there understand take the time to understand the business and help find ways to move that business forward so we talked a little bit earlier about having a roadmap and having you know Ambers as a partner I, I think they are right there with us on a roadmap so we've you know, seen some of the questions come through and, and we're a little bit early yet on things like you know the ROI and, and you know, ORC type things, but we have a roadmap to get to that place. So integrating video, uh, bringing other point of sale systems in that they are engaged, highly engaged. Um, in fact, sometimes have referenced us as a hyperactive uh, partner, but, you know, they are certainly there to keep up with us and, and are aligned with how we wanted to approach the, the rollout. So it is, it is truly kind of a, an evolving tool and project. So the really no boundaries to where we think we can end. And, and that's what we're looking for in a partner. We don't want to just take something out of the box and then never hear again. We want somebody there for the long haul. You know, we've, we've talked about some of the quick wins, but what do you see as some of the potential long-term wins? Uh, that's a good question. So I think to the, to the point, you know, that Matt made just around, you know, the time savings, some of the, the cost savings associated with the cases, and it, it has the potential to redefine how we go to market as a as an AP organization. So, and, and that's a pretty big statement, right? But to be able to take some of these cases and, and do phone interviews and, and make our travel more pointed and, and more focused on, you know, areas that need on-site attention, you, there is there are some long-term possibilities there, even beyond the asset protection world, right? So with that connection into Verify that we've already got, you know, we can look at transactions differently and identify new patterns that are not necessarily fraud, but opportunities to course correct from a training standpoint um, and really just be better business owners of the organization. Okay, there's a couple questions here about uh, whether or not we can 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 the uh, APRA system uh, be integrated with video POS. I guess that's more for Corey. Uh, yes, it can. Yeah, we we've integrated with um, multiple CCTV providers. Here's another one for Corey. Uh, what does it take to stand out as a solution provider considering the current crisis? And what steps can your retail partners take to work with you more smoothly during the pandemic? Mm -hmm. So from, from the solutions provider standpoint, I think um, your practices as a solutions provider during normal times are, are just intensified 
during an event like this. So you've got to be adaptable and flexible. Um, in the, the 15 years since moving to, to the vendor side of the business coming out of, out of retail, um, you know, we've deployed uh, analytic solutions globally and every single retailer is different. Every single one has, has different needs, different structure, different policies and procedures, different focus. And as a vendor, I, I think it's important to listen to what those needs are as you're going in um, and making sure that you're, you're responsive and reacting to, to what the client really needs as opposed to, to, to Mark's point, just providing an out-of-the-box out of solution. Um, from, from the retailer side, and, and this is something that um, the advanced auto team did exceptionally well, is to establish your vision early about where you want to go with with the product. And, and you can say that for any product that you're, you're purchasing because it's, it's not just a tool, it's a program that you're buying. And I, I think going into it with an open mind and looking at, at your business globally um, helps you to prepare really well for, for how you're going to deploy it. And that's, that's exactly what the AAP team did. Okay. Well, that's about all the time that we have for today's Q&A. If we haven't answered your question, we will be using the submitted questions to help put out some follow-up in the next few days. Uh, we would like to thank everyone for t attending today's webinar. Uh, thanks again to Mark, Dale, Matt, and Corey. Uh, we appreciate your time and your insights today, and especially to our sponsor, Appus Retail. And to everyone out there listening, we appreciate your time as well. Stay safe and have a great day. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you.